Hello, and welcome to PrimeMed's podcast on GLP-1 receptor agonists. We welcome Dr. Ty Gluckman. Dr. Gluckman is a medical director at the Center for Cardiovascular Analytics, Research, and Data Science at the Providence Heart Institute. The learning objectives of this podcast are 1. Discuss the growing role of GLP-1 RAs in type 2 diabetes management algorithms, and 2. Review data on cardiovascular risk reduction demonstrated by individual GLP-1 RAs. Before we get started, let me remind everyone that this podcast is supported by an independent educational grant from Novo Nordisk Incorporated. For more information, please visit the activity page for this podcast on www.primed.com. Hi, this is a podcast recording on the management of GLP-1 receptor agonists and cardiovascular risk reduction. It's a pleasure to welcome you to this podcast on the role of GLP-1 receptor agonists in cardiovascular risk reduction. My name is Ty Gluckman. I am a clinical cardiologist and serve as medical director of the Center for Cardiovascular Analytics, Research and Data Science at the Providence Heart Institute in Portland, Oregon. By the end of this podcast, you should be able to discuss the growing role of GLP-1 receptor agonists in type 2 diabetes management and review the data on cardiovascular risk reduction demonstrated by individual GLP-1 receptor agonists. Of note, a downloadable resource will be available if you are listening from primed.com. So to get us started, why focus on cardiovascular risk in type 2 diabetes mellitus? As each of you likely know, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer among men and women alike, and this remains true for those with diabetes. In fact, approximately two-thirds of deaths in patients with type 2 diabetes are attributable to cardiovascular disease. In addition, patients with type 2 diabetes are two to four times more likely to develop cardiovascular disease and two times more likely to develop heart failure during their lifetime. Finally, there is a 10 to 30% increase in the risk of stroke, coronary heart disease, and death for every 1% increase in hemoglobin A1c. Given this backdrop, what's the role for using GLP-1 receptor agonists among at-risk type 2 diabetics? Glucagon-like peptide 1, or GLP-1, is a hormone that is produced in response to ingestion of food. Its secretion results in a number of downstream effects, including alteration of intestinal absorption, slowed gastric emptying, a decrease in appetite, stimulation of insulin secretion, and decreased glycogenolysis in the liver. GLP-1 also exerts a number of favorable cardiovascular effects in those with healthy hearts, those with ischemic heart disease, and those with heart failure. Importantly, it facilitates a shift from fatty acids to glucose as a metabolic substrate, it improves coronary blood flow, and it reduces oxidative stress. Accordingly, GLP-1 receptor agonists have been regarded as an important drug class in helping to mitigate a number of untoward effects brought on by type 2 diabetes. 
Most of our understanding of the benefits and risks of GLP-1 receptor agonists result from six large cardiovascular outcomes trials, the first of which was published in 2015. These studies follow guidance issued by the FDA in 2008, requiring all new diabetes drugs to be evaluated with a cardiovascular outcomes trial after signals of increased cardiovascular risk were noted with glucose-lowering therapy from a different drug class. In chronological order, these six GLP-1 receptor agonist studies include the ELIXA trial, which evaluated lixincinatide, the LEADER trial, which evaluated loraglutide, the SUSTAIN-6 trial, which evaluated injectable semaglutide, the EXCEL trial, which evaluated exenatide, the REWIND trial, which evaluated dulaglutide, and the PIONEER-6 trial, which evaluated oral semaglutide. Trial duration was variable across these studies and ranged from 16 months to more than five years. The mean age of enrolled individuals was around 65 years. Between 31 to 46% of individuals were women. The average duration of diabetes exceeded 10 years. The average BMI exceeded 30 kilograms per meter squared. And the hemoglobin A1C ranged between 7.3 and 8.7%. Importantly, in five out of six of the trials, more than half of individuals had pre-existing atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. The primary endpoint for all but one of the trials was a composite of cardiovascular death, non-fatal heart attack, and non-fatal stroke often referred to as a three-point MACE, or major adverse cardiovascular events, this represents one of the most common endpoints in cardiovascular medicine, evaluating important fatal and non-fatal events. In total, three of the trials, those evaluating loraglutide, injectable semaglutide, and dulaglutide, demonstrated significant reduction in this primary endpoint. Importantly, this data affirms the role of these agents as important cardiovascular risk-reducing therapies, complementing benefits afforded by other treatments, including statins, ACE inhibitors, angiotensin receptor blockers, and SGLT2 inhibitors. Based on this, each of these three agents have garnered expanded drug indications to reduce cardiovascular risk in type 2 diabetes among those with established cardiovascular disease. Dilaglutide has the additional indication to reduce cardiovascular risk in type 2 diabetics with multiple cardiovascular risk factors owing to its inclusion of patients with and without atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease in its pivotal trial. Available trial data has also informed guideline recommendations from each of the major professional societies. The sequence in which they and for that matter, SGLT2 inhibitors are introduced, however, has varied. Consistent with ways in which type 2 diabetes has traditionally been managed, the 2020 American Diabetes Association Standards of Medical Care and Diabetes document recommends that on top of lifestyle interventions, metformin be used first line. For patients with atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, chronic kidney disease, heart failure, 
or indicators of increased cardiovascular risk, it is recommended that a GLP-1 receptor agonist or SGLT2 inhibitor be initiated next. Preference is given to a GLP-1 receptor agonist with proven cardiovascular benefit if atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease predominates. In contrast, preference is given to an SGLT2 inhibitor if chronic kidney disease or heart failure predominates as prior randomized clinical trial data has shown benefit in type 2 diabetics with these respective conditions. Preference is given to a GLP-1 receptor agonist with proven cardiovascular benefit if atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease predominates. In contrast, preference is given to an SGLT2 inhibitor if chronic kidney disease or heart failure predominates as prior randomized clinical trial data has shown benefit in type 2 diabetics with these respective conditions. Importantly, these additional therapies are recommended independent of the patient's hemoglobin A1c or their A1c target, as the primary goal is a reduced risk of an adverse cardiovascular or renal event. While atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, chronic kidney disease, and heart failure help to define a patient at higher risk, a number of other risk enhancers exist. In the 2018 American Heart Association, American College of Cardiology, multi-society guideline on the management of blood cholesterol, multiple risk enhancers were identified. Those specific to type 2 diabetes include a duration of diabetes for 10 or more years, albuminuria, moderate or greater degrees of renal dysfunction, retinopathy, and neuropathy. Additional risk enhancers not specific to diabetes include a family history of premature atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, a persistently elevated LDL cholesterol that is greater than or equal to 160 milligrams per deciliter, chronic kidney disease, metabolic syndrome, conditions specific to women including preeclampsia and premature menopause, inflammatory diseases including rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, and HIV, high-risk ethnicities such as South Asian ancestry, and lastly, abnormal laboratory or other findings including persistently elevated triglycerides greater than or equal to 175 milligrams per deciliter, a high-sensitivity CRP level greater than or equal to 2 milligrams per liter, a lipoprotein A level greater than 50 milligrams per deciliter, an apolipoprotein B level greater than or equal to 130 milligrams per deciliter, and an ankle brachial index less than 0.9. In contrast to the guidance provided by the American Diabetes Association, other professional societies have taken a different approach. In the 2019 European Society of Cardiology Guidelines on Diabetes, Prediabetes, and Cardiovascular Disease, developed in collaboration with the European Association for the Study of Diabetes, it is recommended that all drug-naive type 2 diabetics first be stratified based on whether or not they have atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease or are at increased cardiovascular risk defined by the presence of target organ damage or multiple cardiovascular risk factors. If either of these are present, a GLP-1 receptor agonist or SGLT2 inhibitor is recommended as first-line therapy, reserving metformin as add-on therapy 
if the hemoglobin A1c remains above the desired target. For all others, metformin is recommended first line, adding additional glucose-lowering therapy if the hemoglobin A1c remains above the desired target. A very similar approach was taken by the American College of Cardiology in its 2020 expert consensus decision pathway on novel therapies for cardiovascular risk reduction in patients with type 2 diabetes. For those greater than 18 years of age with type 2 diabetes and atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, heart failure, diabetic kidney disease, or at high risk for atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, the document recommends starting an SGLT2 inhibitor or GLP-1 receptor agonist with proven cardiovascular benefit, depending on patient-specific factors and comorbidities. More specifically, it recommends one of the three GLP-1 receptor agonists with proven cardiovascular benefit, dilaglutide, loraglutide, or injectable semaglutide in type 2 diabetics either at risk for or with established atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. It goes on to recommend that the GLP-1 receptor agonists be started at the lowest dose, following the labeling instructions for dose titration to minimize side effects. It also recommends adjustment of other antihyperglycemic therapies if necessary. Finally, it gives consideration to use of further therapies for cardiovascular risk reduction as indicated. So in summary, because cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in patients with type 2 diabetes, it should come as no surprise that much of the focus revolves around prioritizing therapies aimed at reducing cardiovascular risk. To this end, the GLP-1 receptor agonist drug class is associated with a number of favorable cardiovascular effects, and three drugs within this class, dilaglutide, loraglutide, and injectable semaglutide, have been shown to have significant improvement in hard cardiovascular outcomes. New consensus documents now give preference to GLP-1 receptor agonists and SGLT2 inhibitors as first-line drug therapy for drug-naive type 2 diabetics at increased cardiovascular risk. Clearly, the paradigm of how the cardiovascular specialist should approach the care of patients with type 2 diabetes is changing with greater focus on improving survival and quality of life. Given the fact that a number of individuals are involved in the care of type 2 diabetics, physicians, advanced practice providers, nurses, pharmacists, and dietitians, representing primary care, endocrinology, cardiology, nephrology, podiatry, and ophthalmology, team-based approaches to maximize care coordination is of key importance. Thank you. To obtain your CME credit, please visit primed.com and complete a short post assessment. If you listen to this podcast on another platform, please refer to the episode description, where there is a direct link to the activity page on primed.com for claiming CME credit.